Today on the Science and Spirituality podcast, we had the joy of interviewing a good friend and colleague of mine. Her name is Lauren Brolier. So just a bit about Lauren before we get into this episode. Lauren is a, an award-winning inspirational speaker and transformational coach. As the, the founder and CEO of Soul Savvy, she has inspired tens of thousands of people to live a life they love. Lauren has spent over a decade as an educator and a coach. She actually started her career in California, public schools, first as a teacher, then as a coach helping teachers to deliver the best possible instruction. Her ability to break down overarching spiritual and success concepts into bite-sized pieces is what makes her, her a standout in her field. And out of 3,500 3, eligible coaches, she won the Outstanding Impact Award from Brave Thinking Institute, recognizing her impact on clients and reach in the industry. She lives in Northwest Wyoming with her husband, Cameron, and her three cats. So before we get into the episode, just want to say this conversation was just rich with insight, inspiration, energy. I really invite you to dissect and dive deep into each of the things we covered, and particularly about getting clear on your vision as we go into this new year, because there's a lot of confusion about how to even get clear on what you would love or what you want. And just the, I don't know, the, the stress, as you put it, Chris, about I don't know, how being specific enough and all that, mm-hmm. that was really helpful, I know. So even if you just walk away with that one tidbit, it's really powerful from what Lauren had to share. Yeah. And she had, she had great insight about that. And then you kept the, the way you put it, it's great. Like I, I got a lot from that specific section about what to do with the vision when you don't really know the specifics, because I feel like that that's a lot of people. It's like, oh, you mm-hmm. hear, especially on this podcast about talking about a vision and how you have to have a vision, but a lot of people, it's very hard to get super specific right away. And that can actually be stressful because you'd be like, oh, I don't actually know what I want. Like there's something wrong with me. And so like the way that Lauren put it and how to actually overcome that was so great. And that comes around the middle of the the, the episode. So definitely yeah. tune into that, have a notepad ready and take some notes and re-listen if you have to. 100%. And especially just for context, just hear, I mean, really hear Lauren's story in the beginning because she she changed her life so drastically and so dramatically yeah. in a what seems like a very short period of time. So what seems like simple things to do, as Lauren suggests, it's extremely powerful. And obviously she will uh, codify that or, or set that up with her story and what, how she changed in such sim- by using such simple things. But again, yeah. it really aligns with the spiritual side of our nature, but then also grounded in scientific principles. So it's incredible. So uh, enjoy listening to this episode. I know you'll get out a lot out of it and we'll talk soon. Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy-to-understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast. Potentially welcome back if you are a return listener. Today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Lauren Brolier. And I feel a special, um, I don't know, resonance or just, I don't know, I feel warm sensation in my heart just going into this because Lauren is a great friend of mine. And uh, we've known each other for what, four or five years now? Maybe five three years. and a half? Uh, no, I yeah. think it's going on five. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. 
but yeah, so we'll get into more of the story of how we know each other, but uh, I'm just really grateful for you to be here and just really looking forward to this conversation. So thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I'll, I'll just say again, as I said to you before we started that I'm fangirling and, because this is one of my favorite podcasts and uh, I'm excited to be on it. And when you asked me, I was like, oh, I thought you'd never ask because I was dreaming <laughs> of being on this podcast with you. So thank you for having me. Of course. Sounds like dream realized. Amazing. Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. It totally is. Awesome. Well, sweet. Well, let's uh, get started with you just sharing your story. So I know you have a brilliant story of your transformation over the last handful of years. And I know that there are people listening that want what you have, the kind of life that you have um, in their own version, of course. But uh, mm -hmm. I know you're an inspiration to many, including myself, since we do very similar work and your business is thriving. So on top of other parts of your life, which is thriving as well. But again, feel free to share your story of your journey. Yeah. So, you know, in this, in this format, Kevin, I'd love to share that the beginning of my journey it wasn't like I hadn't done personal development or spiritual development. In fact, I always qualified myself as a seeker. Um, I was raised Catholic. I always wanted to know more about like what this God thing was, but the rules perplexed me. Um, and I remember being a little kid even and thinking, think, literally asking myself questions like, why would God make me this way and then be mad at me? Like, I just remember having those kind of conversations with myself as a young kid. So even though I usually start my personal story of the collapse of my life, which I will share, it wasn't like I wasn't trying to be connected or spiritual. It wasn't like I was just totally unconscious of any of this stuff. It was just that I would like read the books or do the spiritual stuff or go to church. And yet, like, there was always this dissonance inside of me. Cause I could never just seem to get it to like resonate or stick with me. Or even if it did resonate, I couldn't seem to translate that into my life being better than it was, if that makes sense. Of course. So the real wake up call came, I was actually developing personally really well, starting in about 2013, I got into a little side hustle business that had to do with aromatherapy. And I had had like a bunch of stomach issues. I'll spare these, the podcast listeners on that issue. But I started using peppermint oil and like different natural things, got really into like natural health stuff. So I started this little side hustle, um, selling some natural health products, never went anywhere, always stuck, could never make money. You know, I just was stuck again, like here I am trying to apply something to my life and I'm stuck. And uh, around that same time, 2013, because I was in this um, side hustle, I started to read books like Think and Grow Rich. And um, I had the pleasure of hearing speakers like John Maxwell and Wayne Dyer, saw him live. Nice. And so I'm doing all this spiritual and personal stuff and like still stuck. And I had this deep, dark secret at the time, which was I had just gotten married, brand new, newlywed. And like deep down inside, I felt super alone. And I felt like, and it was hard to admit, hard to admit even now, because you look back and you go, what were you thinking? I felt like my husband didn't love me. And I felt like that meant something was wrong with me. And so I was kind of living in this place of trying to create results as a side hustle, teaching public school full-time, married to this guy who's perplexing. And, um, and then one day he came home from work. And I'm working on my side hustle in this little den we had in our beautiful, like we lived what looked like on the outside of dream life. We had a craftsman style home. We had two dogs and two cats. 
we had like all the things going for us. And he came home one night and he walked into that little den and he said to me, um, I don't think I'm happy. And then I got like this knot in the pit of my stomach, like you're not happy with life, like you're depressed or you're not happy with me. And then he just looked at me and he said, yeah, I don't think you're my dream girl. And just so nonchalant like that. And I remember part of me felt defensive and I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. You know, like whatever mm. I played tough, you know? Um, and he started to list off all the things that a dream girl would have that I didn't. You're lazy, you watch too much TV, you're not fit enough. You're, you know, just everything, I guess that he was feeling like qualified that. And, um, and he actually said, you bring nothing to the table. And the hardest part about that moment in my life was he left that night. He was like, I can't watch you cry. And he left and I laid on the bed and I couldn't fall asleep because I was so nauseous and so scared. And like, what's going to happen now with my life? I'm going to get a divorce and I've only been married a year and I felt embarrassed and I felt shame. But the number one thing that I remember from that night is I went over a list, the list that he'd given me of all the things a dream girl had that I didn't have. And like, I agreed with him. Like internally, I was like, yeah, there isn't anything good about me. Like, yeah, he's right. Like what? Yeah, this makes sense. And I guess that's what was so frustrating for me. Like as sad as that is, the frustrating part was like, but I've been reading Think and Grow Rich and I've been watching Wayne Dyer talk. And, and yet it just like, it didn't ever get inside of me. It was just like this surface level understanding. And I wanted so bad to embody it, but like, I just didn't know how. And so as I'm laying there that night, like, yeah, there's nothing good about me. I started to realize like, this is, this is deeper than just this relationship. And it's funny how we can have two parts of us at the same time. Like we can have this part of us that's like kind of the, taking the bird's eye view, like that spiritual side, really like this higher part of me was like, I think there's something here. And then the physical part of me is like, I'm sick to my stomach and I feel like I'm going to die, you know? And so there were different things happening at, at once, but what had happened 40 days before, and this is super, I think, powerful for this, for this particular audience that listens to your podcast is that uh, 40 days before this collapsed, I had read a book by John Azaroff called The Answer. And it was the business version of The Secret for anyone who's never read that book. It's like he was taking The Secret and try to make it apply to like making a business plan. And he said there that you, you have to say affirmations about what you really want, but that they can't just be something that are on paper. They have to be something that get repeated and said and intervene in your regular thought patterns. And so I was like, I can do that. So this is 40 days before my husband leaves. And I had, I had made a list of six or seven affirmations. The first three were about my side hustle not it went like this. I usually generate $20,000 a month. That was my first affirmation. I wake up every day with passion and purpose and I help other people build their dreams. Those were my three affirmations. The ones I had about my relationship, because John Azaroff said, you can't compartmentalize. You have to write down what you really want were my husband and I grow deeper in love every day. We're affectionate with one another. We build dreams together. And I had repeated these affirmations for 40 days every day on my drive to work and on my drive home, which was nearly an hour drive, I just repeated these affirmations. So the night he left, uh, I didn't think about the affirmations or anything like that. But the next day I called in sick to work. I'm just literally walking around my house like a zombie. 
And all of a sudden these affirmations came to my mind. My husband and I grow deeper in love because I had been saying them for 40 days, like over and over again. So it was just kind of part of it. And that was another light bulb moment where the physical side of me was like, oh crap, what am I going to do with my life now? I'm scared. I'm embarrassed. But this, again, that observer self, that bird's eye view, that spiritual self was like, maybe this is like, there was this moment of maybe this is the answer to your affirmations. Like if he doesn't love you, maybe it did come true because like, you've been saying this for 40 days and he leaves. Is that a coincidence? Why didn't he leave a year ago? Right. Like, it's like, maybe something's happening here. And then kid you not like 20 minutes later, a friend of mine text messages me, has no idea what's going on. Just knows I like inspirational stuff. Cause you know, on the surface, I'm like, I listen to Wayne Dyer and I read thinking from rich. She sends me a quote and it says, and it, it was like this beautiful starry sky, like Instagram meme. And it said, don't be surprised at how quickly the universe will move with you once you've decided. Mm. And then I thought about the affirmations. I'm like, oh my God, I decided for 40 days, like, this is my new thing. I've, I've committed to something and maybe this is the universe moving with me. And maybe this is, you know, the answer, the answer to this 40 days. Now for any listeners that don't know 40 days in the Bible and in other ancient texts are, is a, is a symbol of transformation. It's a symbol of the time that something takes to take hold. And I didn't even realize it was 40 days until the first time I gave a workshop and someone, I was, was saying the dates on this day, he left on this day, this happened. And someone looked up and said, that's 40 days. Wow. And so, um, you know, that's the beginning of the story. Obviously there's a lot more to the story, but that's really, um, the beginnings of how I started to see how things that I desired weren't taking hold. And then all of a sudden things that I desired were taking hold. And the question that I pondered was, do I have something to do with that? And after that 40 days, I realized I, I do have something to do with that spiritually. I just didn't know how to leverage it before. Mm. So simple too. It's incredible. <laughs> and it really God, is. it's so simple, right? Yeah. And actually that's how, what led to me meeting you, Kevin is um, 38 days in. So I've now like mapped this all out and read all my emails and like, what were you doing during that time? But 38 days in a friend sends me an email and she says to me, do you want to go to this thing called dream builder live? Mm. And this is before my husband left two days before. And so there was a part of me that was like, no, that looks corny. I don't really want to do that. But as I started to look at the website, I'm like, oh, this sounds like my affirmations. I keep saying build a dream. And this is called dream builder live. And I've been asking and like, I could just see that it was in harmony with my affirmations. So I broke pattern. Usually I would say, no, I would have to take time off work. I did. I, usually I would have just said no, but like something said, this seems like it's in harmony with what you've been doing. You should say yes. And thank God I did because my husband left in November of 2017, December of 2017, I found out he was living a double life for the whole seven years we were together. So there's more trauma. I end up moving back in with my parents. I lose my house. I lose my dogs. Like I lose everything. I'm living in my parents' basement. Um, totally lost my pride. Um, and then like two weeks later was Dream Builder Live. Mm. So I felt like in Dream Builder Live, for anyone who doesn't know, Kevin and I are both mentored by Mary Morrissey and that's her signature event. And um, I ended up there and that's when everything changed. Like ev like everything in my life mm -hmm. completely just turned upside down in the best ways possible. It's incredible. Which did we meet at that dream builder or was that at a, at a coach training that we met? 
Do you remember? I think we actually met at a coach training, but I I think you may have been on stage at the first Dream Builder Live I was at, but I'm not sure if it, maybe it was a coach training. I shared my story in in, um, June of 2018. That was the first time at at Dream Builder. So maybe we met at the event. I don't know. Maybe not because there's what, hundreds of people there. So I probably met you a few months after my first one because I I was at that coach training in 2018. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So March, 2018. Yeah. I was there for that one. So we probably met there, which is crazy. I mean, to again, see your journey, which would you share even just briefly the kind of life you're living now? Cause I already want to get into like a bunch of the things you've shared to like kind of break it down to help people listening to this episode, but, um, just share where you're at now really quick so that people can see the trajectory you've been on and what changed for you. And then we can go into like how, again, people can use this in their own life. Yeah, for sure. So I decided at that event, you know, I had had a dream since I was a little girl to really help people, like really help people. I, when I was a little kid, I used to think that I could change the world. And then I sort of thought that that was dumb. Like nobody changes the world, get over yourself. And so I just, you know, shoved that down and did the only thing I knew how to do, which was become a teacher. But I, I, at that event in, in January, 2018, that spark of like really wanted to help people was even more alive in me because I had just had a devastating experience. And I thought about how alone I felt in that experience, even though I had a family and friends and everything. And I just thought there's probably so many people who feel alone in things like I'm going through and I don't want anyone to feel that way. And I, maybe I could help. So I decided to become a coach and Um, so, so, but it defied logic, right? You're a broke divorce school teacher. You're living in your parents' basement. Like who's going to want to get coached by you. (laughs) This sounds like a disaster, um, at the logical level, but I really felt passionate about it. And so I signed up, got certified as coach. And since then, I think I've done about $2.6 million in revenue. Um, we had our first seven figure year this year in 2022, but that, as you know, Kevin is a symbol for the number of people that we've been able to help. I mean, we've had probably tens of thousands of people do workshops with us. I've personally mentored probably about 350 clients Mm. and, um, I live in the Rocky mountains. So I live in Northwest Wyoming. I live right outside of Yellowstone. That's a far, far reach from my parents' basement. I'm in my dream home with the love of my life, Cameron, who's also a coach and works full-time for my company, Soul Savvy. And um, yeah, just night and day, like the farthest of night and day that you can get. So a hundred percent. Amazing. Congrats. I I don't think I need to say it, but honestly, but seriously, it's incredible to see your journey and be a a friend of yours and colleague of yours along this, which is incredible. So that's been awesome to watch you grow. And it's just the beginning, I feel. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that so much. You're welcome. So Chris, do you have any thoughts, questions? Because I know Lauren's story. I know a lot of, yeah, Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm trying to formulate this question that I've been thinking about. So I'm just going to talk, talk it out and see, see how it comes out. It, It like, from going from that, like devastating thing that happened to you, and just how quickly you were able to have that mindset of, oh, maybe this is good, or maybe this is my, these are my affirmations coming true, and then going to Dream Builder, and then just having that spark to like, change your life so quickly like that without having, it seems like any sort of setback. So I wanted to ask about that type of mindset. Like, like, how do you have that, 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 uh, that, that mindset to view things that way? And, and were there any like emotional or, 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 um, like mindset setbacks during that time that you had, that you had to kind of struggle with like demons or whatever, you know what I mean? Cause 
Um, that's what I'm interested in. Cause I feel like a lot of people will be involved in personal development for a really long time and not see the type of results that you've seen, but you've seen to have this like crazy rise, you know? So I just kind of want to get yeah. under the hood of, of that type of, of mindset. Yeah. That's a great question. I think a couple different things were happening. First of all, it's complex because I had those moments of recognition, like maybe this is something good happening. Like maybe this is my affirmations coming true, but that didn't change the fact that I was going through trauma and I was devastated and I was angry. And so it's like, I would have these blips of like, I would call them more blips. Like maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, line with the trauma. I mean, I can think of one day I was already thinking, maybe this is good. You know, my affirmations and I can, I decided to just continue saying my affirmations. So I never stopped saying them. I was like, I still want this. So that was a big decision moment. Um, and I think that was just more to spite him. I don't really think that was <laughs> spiritual. I just think it's like, well, I can still say my affirmations, you know? Um, so that was kind of like an unconscious competent type thing. But I remember one day, I mean, I'm already starting to have this awareness. Maybe this is good. This is before I went to the event. And um, my best friend and I were going to go to Walmart because I was going to move out of my house. So everybody else is celebrating a very Merry Christmas and I'm moving out of my house. And she came over to help me pack. And um, I drank too much the night before, just like wallowing in my sorrow. So you can see the highs and lows of, you mm -hmm. know, and I was super hungover and she gets there and she's like, looks at me and she's like, what are you doing? Like, get your life together. Like, we have to pack up your house. So I put pajamas, like, like flannel pajamas on and go to Walmart. So now I'm like that person wearing pajamas in Walmart <laughs> and, um, and I'm standing in the aisles and we're like gathering bubble wrap and all this stuff. And, um, I got this wave of paralysis, like literally, like if you've ever felt grief, it was like, take that and like, then put 50 pounds of bricks on your chest. And I just looked at her and I started bawling, crying. And I just looked at her and I was like, I don't want to do this. I want my life back. I want my husband back. I want my dogs back. I want everything back, like cancel this. And I'm just like crying. And in that moment, she just looked at me and she was not sympathetic at all. She looked at me and she was, I'm like saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm almost having a panic attack. And she looked at me and she just kind of yelled at me. And she was like, you have to. And she pointed like down the Walmart aisle, but like behind her. And she's like, you don't want that life and you're better than this. And it was like exactly what I needed in that moment. Cause it just like shocked me into like, again, the remembrance of who I really am. Right. I have these affirmations. There's something going on here. So I don't want it to sound like there was no low moments. I mean, I was the hungover person at Walmart wearing pajamas, like bawling and having a panic attack. So like, there's, there were many of those moments, even after I started to have the awakening. Um, but I think that what, I think that it wasn't that, and I think this is so important for everybody to hear. I don't think it was that personal development wasn't working for me for the first six years I studied it. I think my, really my whole life, I studied it, you know, going back to Catholic days, but um, I think it's that it was forming a root system inside of me. And I think that right now you're just seeing the growth above the surface, mm -hmm. but I think all those years of inquiry and study and wondering and asking questions and going to seminars, even though it didn't seemingly work, did build something up inside of me so that by the time I met Mary and went to Dream Builder Live, that it was ripe, you know, it was like ripe and ready. But I also think that there, sometimes I think where spiritual studies get off 
And this is where I, my gripe with it and, and including with church and personal development and seminars and everything is you're telling me to be a certain way, but not giving me the tools to do that. Mm. Like oftentimes in church and even in seminars, slay your goals, hustle, slay, you know, whatever, um, do this, do that. And even in church, you know, love God, love your brothers. And I've always sat there and gone, okay, tell me how to do it and I'll do it. So I think that one thing that I loved about Mary and what Kevin and I teach and, you know, and, and even in your modality, Chris, with your Chinese medicine background is it's a tool. It's not just theoretical. And I feel like I didn't really have the tools because I'd never invested in myself enough to learn those tools. I never know, knew how to really ask deeper inquiry questions. And so I think Mary just had a way of translating it. So I understood what to do. Oh, write a vision. Oh, make a list of ideas. Like there were things I could actually do with the philosophy rather than just sit there and try to figure out how to be a good person. Mm. That's yeah. really interesting you say that though, Lauren, because I know that, and I mean, I really have a very biased view because the first real personal development event I ever went to was Dream Builder with Mary. Yeah. <laughs> so I, and that was me 21 years old. Like I was only, I don't know, a year into reading personal development books. So it was like fresh for me. So I think honestly, I'm very blessed by that, but I know, I have a feeling that there are, and again, given that I have only had many experiences with Mary and, and Bob Proctor mainly, they, they really do give tools, but I, I, this is just a feeling I have, and maybe you can confirm this for me, yeah. but I, I have a sense that there are maybe things that people point out or teach and it's like, here's how, but it's the application of it. Like you were saying, it's like having not invested in yourself to me. And obviously you and I do a similar work. Like I know what that means of spending the time and paying attention to what someone is teaching and not just hearing it as something that's intellectually nice and you try it out for a week and then you give up on it, but that you're actually staying with it month after month over some period of time in at least a year, we, we agree, but is, would you agree with that? Cause given your experience in other like seminars or trainings or whatever, like besides Mary's, like, do you find that that's the thing or is it really that most people don't give tools? I think it's three parts. I think there are a lot of people who don't have the heart that Mary and Bob have that more are just like making the sale. Sure. And it's not that it's not that I think making the sales bad. I just think a right. lot of times in sales training, we're told don't give the good stuff up front because mm. people have to buy the program. So I think, but I think that's a tiny percentage. Of it. I think that's right. a tiny percentage. I think the bigger percentage of it is I didn't invest in myself. So I would right. read the book or I would go to church, but I never had the courage to ask the question or go to the class or pay. For, like I said, I wouldn't have ever taken three days off work if I hadn't done my affirmations. Right. So part of it was my willingness not to go, not knowing I had to go deeper. Mm. Um, I also think that part of it is exactly what you said. You go to the seminar, you leave. I remember actually this just brought up when I went to see John Maxwell, he did, I think it was a 90 minute keynote. So it wasn't really a seminar. It was more of like sure. a keynote, but he said, you've got to find five things you do every day. He said, I'm a writer. So every day I write, I think I read I file and I can't remember what his fifth thing was, but I mean, it shows sure. how impactful it was to me because I still remember it. And he's like, right. even on Christmas day, I write, I read, I file, I whatever. Sure. And you got to find those five things for you. And I remember going home and writing five things I could do. And it lasted like two days. So I think it, and then in the case of that, like I had the tool, but I couldn't do it mm. because I didn't have that structure of support. 
But I think the final thing is people who are in pain, which I was, um, you could give them a tool, but if they don't know what they really want, what they really love, if they don't know that they're okay, it's very hard to apply a tool when you're just in fight or flight. Yeah. And so I think it's a mix of things. I think it's, I think it's all of the above. Um, yeah. That's spot on. I agree. Yeah. No, that, that, that fight or flight piece is so important because, you know, when you're in that fight or flight, the nervous system's activated, you're going to tend to fall back on your patterns. And if you don't have good patterns, you know, you're going to end up staying stuck in that, in that energy that you're trying so hard to get out of by trying to apply all these new things. Yep. Mm. Definitely. Mm. It's, it's all complex. beautiful. Huh? It is. It's complex. It's beautiful. It's it like, is. yeah. But you know, I know you say it's complex, but honestly, I, out of the years I've studied, I feel like it really is simple. It comes down to consistency. So I'm curious for you, besides consistent support, because I, I know that, that and we, Chris yeah. and I talk about that all the time on the podcast, of, and this is also why we show up every week to give and share and have people come to our podcast and interview so that we can give kind of a, a version of a structure, but it's not as organized as obviously like any coaching program right. that you or I offer. But I'm curious, like, what are, what are your thoughts on consistency aside from having support from a coach, a mentor, or a program like that? Like, yeah. what do you do? Or what's the kind of way that you stay consistent with certain things that help? I think the number one is just wanting to make the impact so bad mm. that I'm willing to do anything to, to leave that mark, you know? Um, so I think it's, but the thing is, and I think this is very important for anyone listening, like I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what my vision was. I kept pretending because I was afraid to be bold. Like I had always, I, when I was a little kid, this is funny. Um, I used to watch a, a TV minister named Joyce Meyer. She had a show called Joyce Meyer Ministries, super evangelical minister. I used to watch her on TV and I loved her. And my mom being Catholic was like, why is my daughter watching like this evangelical born again minister on TV? And for me as a little girl, I just loved the way that she broke life down into simple terms. Like I remember being a little kid and remembering like, oh, that makes so much sense. And she makes me feel good. And, you know, and so um, I had always had that urge. I even thought like, well, maybe I could do something like that. And I was like, I don't want to be a minister. That's way too pious for me. And um, so I just like never knew that it was okay to want that level of impact, speaking about spiritual things and speaking about life, that it was okay to want it without knowing how. Because I would say minister, mm -hmm. no, politician, no. Anything that I could see making an impact, I like wrote it off. Whereas I didn't know that I could hold a dream and not know how that was gonna look. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the biggest change for me is that I could hold this dream of making this wild and deep impact on the world and not know how I was going to do it. And so now every day when I wake up, I think the reason I'm so consistent is like, I have just made a pact. Like, this is what I came here to do in this lifetime. And I'll do it in this lifetime or I'll die trying. And then I'll do it in the next lifetime. Like I'm just, I'm a hundred percent in for the impact because I know if I died tomorrow, not putting my full heart into this, like I'd be, I'd be sad. Mm. And so my biggest way I stay consistent is like the dream matters enough to me. Right. And in my previous life, amidst all the other things, the fight or flight, all the other things, the other thing is like, it just didn't matter enough to me. Ooh. I didn't ever touch on that thing that I was willing to like, 
give my life for. Interesting. <clears throat> That's, uh, there's a couple of things that are really powerful there. I want to dissect just one part of what you said to go deeper into the not needing to know how for the dream. Yeah. Can you speak about that? Cause I, I have my own version of understanding of that, but I'd love to hear yours about why it actually doesn't matter about how, but just choosing and being bold to decide for what you really, really want. Cause obviously that gives you so much energy to be consistent. I think that's something a lot of people are missing because they know yeah. discipline, being consistent to meditate, to affirmations, vision, all action, all these different things. It's like, all right, great. But where's the energy to actually do those things? Right Here it is. But so tell me, just, I'd love to hear you break that apart. Yeah. To actually do those things and for what purpose? Yeah. Right. So, um, okay. Now I totally, I totally lost. I got, I got <laughs> off track. I was thinking of purpose and then I got off track. So um, what is, is my understanding of letting go of the how? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And specifically so, to the vision, like knowing the vision. Cause I think a lot of people have some feeling or sense like there's more, but they don't really know. And I think that we all do know, but it's just like covered by a layer of self-doubt or is it possible? Like all of that, which is, you know, how related. So yeah. What's your version of just cutting away the how and how that actually helps. Yeah. I think when you land on something that's really resonant and it's not, it's not, I don't think, and let me just break this down for me. My vision is not to be a coach. Ooh. My vision is in to impact the vibration of this planet. Mm. And so when I think, I think when you, I mean, ultimately, do I have other things in my vision and ways of expressing that, expressing that? Yeah. But I mean, that through line from when I was a little girl saying, I wonder if I could change the world. I mean, that is the vision. And the thing is, the reason most of us don't let that broad vision be the vision is like the logical part of our brain wants to be like, but that can't be it. And you need to make a profession out of that. And like, how would that work? You know, but when you, if you, if it feels really resonant with you, whatever it is, and it could be, prof it could be a profession, but like, if something feels really resonant with you, the pathway is just a pathway. And so how I've been able to make peace with it is I'm in love with this vision. I've been in love with it since I was watching Joyce Meyer ministries. I'm in love with it to the point where I will die trying. So what I understand about frequencies is that you can't tap into a frequency without getting what's on that frequency. And so it was a level of trust that if what my mentors are saying is correct, and if this quantum physics I'm reading about is correct and all of this stuff, then I actually, the how doesn't matter as soon as I get on that change the world, make an impact frequency, the answers will come. Just like when I said my affirmations for 40 days and I got on that frequency, the answers right. came. And so I think it's a trust in, I can't ever know the how until I tap into that frequency. And if I don't tap into this frequency, this how I've made up in my own mind is just a made up story anyway. Right. It's a made up story on this lower frequency. So I think that tapping into that feeling and feeling so good about it. And then asking yourself what step you can take from there. It's, it's a beautiful realization. And honestly, that's how I've built this whole business. It's mm. not that there's not strategy. Of course there's strategy, but the only way I found the strategy was tapping into the frequency. Right. The only way I found those quantum leap ideas were when I went from very fast, like a low four, low um, five figures to seven figures or whatever, is the willingness to continue tapping into that frequency, get the idea, mostly scary, because when the ideas come from a frequency way beyond what you're on, they are like scary ideas. Mm -hmm. Like, 
what, you know, and the willingness to not, not all, but take some of those steps um, is I think what's provided the quantum growth. So I think if we just had to trust that, you know, Bob Proctor used to say every frequency is connected to the one above and the one below. And if you want that, and he points up and, you know, points to the higher frequency, you got to go there. And I think I just trusted him and Mary and my other mentors that you're telling me this planet works on frequencies. I can see it in my own life. I'm just going to continuously be willing to tap back into it. And when people don't know what they want, they usually do know the feeling that they want. Mm. And I think that that's the place to start. I want to feel like I make a difference. I want to feel like my life has a purpose. Well, a vision could be as simple as I'm so happy and grateful that I have a purpose and I am fulfilling that purpose every day. You start there, you say that over and over again, you'll get the idea. You have to, that's physics. Spot on. That literally the last thing you just shared grounded it for me. That's at least been my understanding, but I so appreciate your additional words previous to that because that, and you're actually waking up something that I had known from my child when I was a kid as well. Mm-hmm. And even spurts here and there throughout the last years of studying with Mary and running my own business, but that I'm here to change the world too. So I appreciate your blazing the path to even acknowledge that and even share that because I really feel that as well. I think that's what we're all here for, but obviously in our own, own unique version of that, but to tap into the truth of that, the, the feeling of that, I think is what moves us forward. But like, I love it is you don't have to know how or exactly like the specificity yet that will come, but you first have to tap into the frequency or in other words, that feeling, because mm-hmm. as I, I don't actually don't know exactly who says this, but I know Mary teaches that this to us, that our emotions are our conscious awareness of the, the vibration that we're in or the frequency that we're in. And so that's why you said like, you know, feelings, as long as you have the feeling, then you can start there. Yeah, because I mean, to be honest, I didn't know what a life coach was. I literally (laughs) did not know what that was. I mean, I had no idea that that was the how. I couldn't have even made it up. In fact, I'd only ever known one life coach and I thought she was a mess. So I I like, it just wasn't wasn't in my, I worked at a gym and she would come in the gym and she'd be like, hi, I'm a life coach. But she was like really rude to everyone. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to ever be that. Right. (laughs) That was the only spirit experience I'd ever had. So when I wrote down my first vision with Mary is it's, I help people. I help other women not feel alone. I'm making an impact. And then when I heard the life coach thing, I was like, well, I didn't know that's what a life coach does, but I'm, I'm, I'm game. And so sure. it was in a very like um, collapsed space of time over three days from writing my vision to hearing that that could be a life coach. But I do believe that that was a part of tapping in the frequency and not worrying about the how, and just knowing that I wanted to spread, um, you know, a spiritual message and finding an avenue for that. But I didn't know what a life coach was, Right. nor did I ever think anybody would hire a life coach. So it's a true exercise in trust for sure. It's awesome. So it almost sounds like in the, in the beginning, when someone doesn't know what they want to do, that, that trying to get specificity can actually be, I don't want to use the word harmful, but can actually be a little stressful. Cause that's, so. that's the, that's the way I feel sometimes when I'm trying to like rework a vision because I've, I've gone through a lot of a lot of stuff over the last like few years and like changing like my course of life and I always get very stressed when I'm thinking about all right I got to sit down and, and write out this super clear vision because I'm like I don't exactly know where like what I want to do but hearing you say about the impact that you want to make and that overarching uh frequency or, or resonance of what you want to do with your life that that resonates with me a lot as a place to start. 
because then I'm like, all right, like that, then I don't need to know exactly what I want to do. I just need to know like an overarching feeling of how I want my life to feel. And then the details will fill themselves in as long as I stay connected to that. But if I'm continually, if I'm continually thinking about the specificity without having it, that stress is actually going to move me away from it because I'm not living in that, that space to allow it to come through. Yeah. That was very eye-opening for me. Yeah. I'm so happy that that resonated with you because I find that some people do come in knowing exactly what they want and how they want to get it and everything. But a lot of times the, the call to specificity, while I think that at some point it becomes important later down the road, but I think sometimes the calls to specificity can actually trigger a lack vibration because when you don't have the specifics, mm-hmm. you feel like there's something wrong with you or you can't generate it. And so sometimes I'll have someone who go, who will come to me and say, Lauren, I don't know anything about my vision. I just know I want to feel better. And I'm like wanting to feel better saying, I'm so happy and grateful now that I feel great. That's a vision. We can do that. So like, sometimes it's okay to start with one sentence. And then as you go from there and the details begin to emerge, it's, I think it's important to track the details when they do, when you get an idea, it doesn't mean you're going to do it. I always tell my nervous system, not saying I'm going to do this. I'm just tracking it. Just tracking it. Like Edison tracked all his ideas in his journal, just writing things down and um, asking questions of yourself. Like, is there anything more specific wanting to emerge today? And it's okay if there's not. Like, then you can start asking questions, but I would start with the frequency first and then move from there for sure. That's yeah. powerful. I'm so glad that we got onto that topic because I know that that's going to liberate so many people listening to this mm-hmm. because I, I think it's becoming more common knowledge, the power of having a vision and knowing what you want, especially with the dawn of the internet and especially more specifically social media and just the sharing of information. I think it's out there. This might not be new to someone listening, but it might be new in terms of the way in which you can have the vision, which is incredible. I'm glad. I just, I have felt it in my life so many times, you know, that's the other thing about, you know, if we want to talk about connecting with the spiritual side of our nature, if you want to call it God, if you want to call it waves and particles, you know, whatever, whatever words you want to give it this, this energy that's bigger than our own understanding is oftentimes when I go to that place of frequency, the answers don't make sense. Mm. And there's a willingness, like it doesn't make sense again, a logical sense for the broke divorced school teacher living in the basement to say, I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to change the world. Like it doesn't make sense. And I know to this day, when I go to meditation or I ask that higher part of myself for an answer, it's often not linear, Mm -hmm. which is why having that deep connection to the frequency first, like you were saying, Chris, is so important because you'll know when the answer matches the frequency, even if it doesn't match your logic. That's amazing. You, you, you sharing that version of your story just reminded me that's, I have the exact same story, just different words, different content. For me, when I started my coaching business, became, or went through training from Mary's training as a life coach, my story was who's going to listen to a 24 year old as a life coach. It's like, this, this kid hasn't even had any life experience yet. It's like, who's going to listen to him? You know, like that's a similar story. It didn't make sense logically, but I felt it in my heart. Like when I heard the invitation to be, to be trained by Mary and her team, I literally started crying because mm. I felt the connection with the emotion of what it would be like to make the impact in people's lives. Yep. So it's right there. That's, yep. that's the answer. It's you knew the frequency simple. when you tapped on it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah. so again, liberating. Cause again, like if you're listening to this, you feel like, oh, I need to know how, or I don't know exactly what yet, but I can feel it. 
that is enough. I think even more specifically, you can even tell yourself, I am enough. 100%. And in fact, not only are you enough and that, that feeling you can feel is enough is like, you're so far ahead of the game of being in the how. Like you're so free once you can feel that feeling. Right. Like that is you, like the real you with a capital Y saying, oh my gosh, yes, yes, here I go, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It's beautiful. Out of, I know you, you brought up before uh, the spiritual side of our nature. I'd love to hear your viewpoint as we're um, continuing this conversation, but because you mentioned it, it's like, that's who you really are. I'd love to hear your words on that. And I, I know that people listening will want to hear that too, because it, actually, before we even started recording, your business you shared is it's called Soul Savvy. And then you could be connected with your soul, but then still be savvy in your life and business and what you want. But uh, I'd love to hear your perspective on that dichotomy reconciled. Okay. So for me, spirit is first law of thermodynamics. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So if you realize yourself as an energy being which you are, I mean, you can see that when your body dies, like you're not there, that that energy that animated you has to go somewhere. And so it doesn't matter in my mind where you think it goes. For you, it could just be it returns to the dust and feeds the earth. It could be I go to heaven. It could be I reincarnate. Whatever it is, you can't destroy it. And one of the things that I think is amazing is we haven't been able to create life. There's only one thing that can create life and it's not us. We can clone life. We can do everything. But once you're done breathing, you're done breathing. And so for me, spirit is this part of us that's energetic in nature. It was with us before this incarnation. It'll be with us after because we know just from physics that you can't destroy energy. Um, So that's spirit to me. Why that is so peaceful to me is I know that this is not the end of the end or the beginning. Like I really resonate with no beginning, no middle, no end. Like I just really do think it's that. Um, So that's spirit to me. Spirit is this energy is going to have to go somewhere. And um, how I reconcile that with human life is I believe that you look at the beginning of the Bible, right? Look at the spirit opening that door there. No, it's probably probably a cat. For those of you who are just listening, we're on video and my door just like randomly slid open. (laughs) Ghosts in the house here. Um, Yeah, so I think that the person side of the nature, the human part of you, um, if you think about the beginning of the Bible, so there's this story of let there be. And all of a sudden there's light and there's clouds and there's stars and there's all these things. And science tells us that there was this big bang and all of a sudden the universe started moving outward, but it started from one tiny little particle. The big bang theory is that there was one particle as dense as this entire universe that was once all collected into one and then started moving outward. I don't think that's different than the God in the Bible. It's all collected into one. And then it says, let there be, and there it goes. Mm. And so I believe that human life is about discovery. There's super potential in physics. We know that every single possible potential exists. And I believe that this creative energy that animates this universe is wanting to experience and express all of these potentials. And so if I'm a part of that in human life, it just sums up wanting to experience exactly that. Let there be, and then there's clouds and then there's this. Well, for us as humans, the only species on planet earth that can also be a creative creator, like the God essence or whatever word you want to call that, 
um, it's let there be this house, this car, this love, this coaching program, this help for others, this service I'm giving. It's literally just a magnified, unique expression of, I believe what created this earth. That's just me though. <laughs> that's, that's the conclusion that I've come to. Yeah. I often say we're here for a reason, like as in here in this human life for a reason where we've been given all of the equipment in our human experience for something. Like we're not just manifest into this time and space just to be like, oh, I just want to ascend into my spirit and not be human anymore. Right. It's like, what? No. Right. We you're, came you're here because there's something different than spirit that can happen on a physical planet. Um, mm. And that's why I don't believe that you can't be soulful and savvy. It's like, why would you come here if not to experience the physical side of human nature? the right. cars and the houses and the movies and the sex and the, you know, like all the things that human life has, why wouldn't you be experiencing that if you're in a physical body as a spiritual being? Right. I, agree. I mean, you've probably seen the Jim Rome video a million times where he says, you know, why do all this? Why go this far? Why touch every life you can possibly touch, see everything you could possibly see. It's like, yeah, that resonates because I think all of us have that reverberation of, yeah, I came here to like dance and sing and play and experience and express. Exactly. I think we all know this too. There's a deep side of ourselves that is just so connected to that. I think it's very prominent and amplified as kids because we're not as mm -hmm. programmed, but it's just as possible and full with potential our life right now, no matter what age we are. So you know, Kevin, this is reminding me of a story about life after death. And I don't know if we have time to tell it, but I can tell the Please. very short version of this. Go so there's it. a book that came popular, I believe it was in the 1970s by Dr. Raymond Moody. And it was called Life After Life. And he was one of the first ones to really research the near-death experience. And so um, now there's studies at the University of Virginia, and this is becoming more common knowledge, but Raymond Moody was like the first to do it. And I believe he was in a surgical residency when he started to get curious about all these people who would die on the operating table and be resuscitated and come back to life. And he got curious about what happened for them within that experience. And he study after study after study that people would say, you know, like, let's say they're having a heart attack and they die on the table and then the paddles resuscitate them. The, in the interviews with Dr. Moody, they would say, you know, I, first thing that happened is I actually saw myself laying on the table and I was no longer my body. I was like this other essence of myself. And then I would felt this bright light. Now people who were religious in Raymond Moody's studies would say, you know, oh, it was Jesus or it was whatever. People who were not religious would just say, I felt the most comforting light essence, peaceful energy. And then they get to this other side and there's some sort of a life review. And people reported that they were surprised that this life review after death was not about the big moments. Like I graduated from college or I had my first kid. All of them reported that they were asked to look at moments in their life where they turned toward love or away from love, where they toward turn, turned toward growth or away from growth. And that if they turned away from those things or they were harsh to someone or something, they were asked to view it through other people's eyes. And so... Then when they would come back to life, they would report this feeling of like, I get now what this is about. And so for me reading Raymond Moody's work, like it's really to me about love and about growth, because that was the thing that as they died and had to review this, like they were most touched by was these moments where they turned toward love or away from it. 
And for me, that's helped me guide. Like, I don't care about day-to-day results. I don't care about how many people come to my workshop. Mostly I'm just concerned about the moments where I turn toward or away from love or turn toward growth or away from growth. And if I turn toward growth and I fail, I'm like, it's fine because I know I'm on the right track. So that's a, Raymond Moody's work has been something that really sticks with me in terms of seeing beyond this plane, but still being right. in this plane. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. Welcome. It, it amplified for me just uh, the awareness. Chris, Chris and I just recently recorded, it was a couple weeks ago. We, uh, we just had a commentary on some new article that came out. The, Nobel, the recent Nobel Prize winner had proven in quantum physics that our universe cannot be local and real at the same time. That it's actually mm-hmm. now proven that it, what some people call as a simulation, I don't believe it's a, the simulation is what people think of as the matrix, yeah. or like the movie presents in the matrix, it's all these machines, but that there's something else going on. And in the commentary, like when Chris and I were discussing it, there was a, a well-known mathematician physicist that was saying like, if, if this is actually true, which it is now proven, then what do I believe is really what life is about? And all he said was again, a scientist, not even anyone who's like super spiritual, but said, it's all about loving and being loved. That's it. That's what we're here for. And what good news. I mean, what he, I mean, I feel so much peace when I hear, hear you say that it's like, I can do that. Right. We can all do that just a little bit more than we did yesterday. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Super powerful. I feel really grateful for this conversation. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I mean, Kevin, like you guys, Kevin and Chris, you guys holding this space for conversations like this is such beautiful work in the world. Like truly like so many people crave these conversations and they don't know where to go. And you guys are just holding this container of, We'll, we'll give you access to these conversations. We'll help you sort through it. We'll make it available to everybody who wants it. And like, that's just such a powerful service to this planet. So you are fulfilling your vision of changing the world because that's why your podcast has so many views and downloads and likes. It's like, you're bringing something that all of us feel inside. There has to be a way for science and spirituality to both exist. And you're just making it available for all of us. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for acknowledging you. it. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. My pleasure. Sweet. Of course. Uh, Chris, do you have any final thoughts or questions for Warren? Uh, no, I feel complete. I feel like if, if I bring up anything else, it's, we're going to talk another 30 minutes. So maybe we can have Warren back on again to continue some of the, the, the ideas because I got a lot from this conversation. Same. Ditto. And I'd, that'd be amazing if, Lauren, you'd be open to that. I'd love it. Part two. Yes, yeah. love it. Yeah, we've had a handful of guests that we felt that. And it's not every time that we even think that or offer it, not from like a place of like withholding, but just like felt like, all right, there's more. There definitely is more that we want to go through with or talk about with this person. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely set something else up for later on, Lauren. Sounds great. Awesome. But before we do go, I know that you have an event coming up and you even mentioned like workshops that you do, but how could people get connected with you if someone resonates with the kind of, energy that you're presencing and sharing with the world and how, how you can help someone. So any way that they can connect with you. Yeah, we came up with something super special for the podcast. So we have an event coming up February uh, 4th and 5th, 2023 in San Diego, California. 
So for some of your listeners, that's going to be right next door. For some, it'll be a trek, but we really wanted to make it available for your audience to join us if it resonates. And what happens in these two days is we go into the soul deeply and also the savvy deeply. So we're just like we did today, combining both elements and helping people create results because our vision at Soul Savvy is that we raise the vibration of this planet by helping good people create great results. And so that's what we do on those weekends. And so we've created a special, I named the coupon code Kevin. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can remember that, all you have to do is go to soulsavvylive.com. If you want to purchase a ticket to join us and you type in the coupon code Kevin, you will get $30 off your ticket and we feed you and we uh, make it a great weekend for you. Amazing. Well, like we'll include that link, but that's awesome. Easy code to remember just my name, but awesome. Yeah. So yeah, soulsavvylive.com. Uh, again, we'll include the link in the description of the episode. And uh, if I can give even just a word of encouragement, if you're listening and if you, if you feel resonant with Lauren, I know for sure that you're in good hands going to an event with her to learn deeply of what we've already talked about and more. Uh, so I just feel really blessed to even know her as a colleague. And again, she's an incredible coach someone they can learn from to help you change your life. Thank you, Kevin. Yes, we our doors are open for everyone who'd love to come and don't forget to use the coupon code Kevin. Yes, $30 <laughs> off. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Lauren. It's been a pleasure being here with you and uh, just great conversation. Like Chris said, I learned some new things, just greater insight, different ways of thinking about things. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Kevin. I loved being with you guys. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.